Guess what? We've just started our very own Catching Up With Cub community and we want you to be part of it. Head to cub.club forward slash podcast and subscribe today to receive a weekly email with exclusive content from every episode. Have the ability to speak directly with our Catching Up With Cub team to help us build the best show possible and receive invites to special events where you'll meet and hear from our guests along with other incredible business owners. Head to cub.club forward slash podcast now and join the community. Hello, legends. Welcome to today's show. Catching up with Cub, as always, is brought to you by Cub, the Club of United Business, Australia's number one members club connecting our country's top entrepreneurs and business leaders. And today, I catch up with Cub member Maria Bellissimo Margren, CEO of Belgren, a full service design and advertising agency that she has run and owned herself for 14 years. Maria is a mother of two, a wife, and an extremely successful entrepreneur. Maria shared her story of adversity and how she overcame stress and and, and illness to focus on the positive aspects of life, focus on respecting herself and valuing herself as an entrepreneur, as a person and as a service and how that resulted in finding the best clients, the best team and having the best business she's ever had. Maria is truly an inspiring entrepreneur that I learned so much from. I hope you enjoy the show. I have not seen you since we had a coffee catch up in the in the mall in Birkenhead Point. <laughs> yeah, um, have you been? Really, really well, thank you. A lot, lot of things are shifting. A lot of things are happening. It's an exciting time for us. Tell me what's going on. Work wise, uh, life wise, you've you been traveling. A uh, bit of both. Uh, traveling. I make a point of going away each school holidays with my kids. I've got two daughters, um, so I believe you work hard. You got to reward yourself along the way. Um, And work-wise, there's just a lot of movement, a lot of opportunity, uh, a lot of new business coming on board. So just really harnessing that energy and capturing that and moving with it. Last time we caught up, we're actually talking about Cub Parramatta. Yes. Because you've got quite a bit of a um bit of a personal brand in Parramatta. You, you you know a lot of the area. You're part of the chamber there as well, is that yeah, correct? Yeah, I'm on the I'm on the board of the Parramatta Chamber. What are your thoughts of the Parramatta business community? I think it's pretty cool. It's it's quite um it's mixed bag really, you know, there's there's everything there and a lot of the bigger businesses and corporates are moving there. It's becoming more of that hub. I think there's less desire to be in the city from what I can hear. Um yeah, so areas. they're happy. Yeah. So and, and they're just investing so much into the area. There's some really beautiful restaurants and, you know, you've got Parramatta Square and these beautiful buildings around it now and there's a lot of change. Yeah, it's changes coming. Parramatta Square is stunning. It's I think it's such an incredible development. I mean, look, the rest of Parramatta City, I'm not there for yet. Yeah. <laughs> but but when I went to Parramatta, because Cub, of, of, it was right after we had that coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I went straight to Parramatta and, and I quickly realised, okay, there's a lot of change happening here. What I love about the community there is that it's an extremely entrepreneurial community. Um, there's a large migrant population as well. Huge. So there's a lot of different demographics and, and nationalities and things. And that always creates a lot of business, like it a does. lot of businesses, sorry. Mm. And and I would love – so, so, so well, the reason Cub's going there is because imagine if we could – uh, well, first of all, give those uh, entrepreneurs a, 
a place and a platform to come together, connect, support each other and grow, really strengthen the Parramatta business community. But but imagine if we could connect them to the CBD yep. in Sydney and to Melbourne and to Brisbane, which is happening at the start of next year. Yep. So, yeah, I, 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 and you're part, are you part of the chamber there, or I'm on the I'm on the board. Um, oh, you're on the board. I'm of on the, the chamber. board. Yeah. So, because I'm I'm quite active in Parramatta, we've got a lot of clients that are there. Uh, I've been partnering with the Parramatta Eels for a long time, so there's just always that connection with the area. And I'm an Eels fan. Yeah. Uh, are you from Parramatta? No, I'm not. Further out west, actually. But um, but yeah, I think it's just it maybe I don't know the last seven or eight years in business it's a lot of it has been back and forth between here and Parramatta and and so you've got two daughters you're on the board of the chamber of power and you run a successful business you, you I'm assuming you, you, you're traveling around a lot how do you balance it all <laughs> uh there's nothing that's clear if if that makes like I, I Tell there's me. no like clear schedule and stuff we've just got a I think we've got a good system at home um, that works with my husband and I. Um, a lot of my work events and things are on, on an evening, so I think I'm really uh, lucky to have his support and understand that I am entrepreneurial. I am very career focused, so um, I've got that support at home, which allows me to do what I do. The kids also are very aware of the business. They've met my team. They come into the office every now and again, so the business is also very prominent for them. Uh, so yeah, it's. You know, and then you make time for yourself, gym, mental health, whatever those things look like for you. But I, they're key for me too. So, and, and do time. you think the because so, you've got two little girls, how little are they? Uh, nine and seven. Okay, they're not that little. Well, they're super little. Yeah. They're still but, primary school. But do you think that they're inspired by seeing what their mum? <laughs> Does yet or they're, they're too young still? Yeah, mummy's the boss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mummy's the boss. So, um, you know, and they – even the things – I'll talk about, oh, we got a new client. Oh, tell me who it is, mummy, and they want like a debrief on a client that we've just brought on board or they want to know about the staff and they want to know about projects and they're just so enthusiastic about what I do. Um so, you know, maybe there's a legacy there. Maybe they'll come on board when they're older. That would be super cool. Yeah. And tell me about the business. So we're a full-service creative agency. We've been around for 14 years now. Uh, it's The business has evolved dramatically since it started. So I, I was from a design background, so I started out as a designer and then um, from there it just evolved as clients. I think the industry is obviously ever-evolving, but as the industry changed and clients' demands changed, they wanted more of a service offering, so we evolved and moved with that. And we found things that we liked along the way, things that didn't fit us as a brand or as a business. So we tried it, didn't like it, moved on, didn't offer that as a Are you a saying service. new services? Yeah. Yep. And so you, you started very much as a branding agency. Correct. Now you're doing full service and now you're doing marketing and digital advertising? Correct, yeah. And so what, so, so when you started, you, you were, did you have kids? No, you couldn't have kids. You had kids, they're seven and nine and you started 14 years ago. Uh, yeah. So no, I, yeah, career was number one for me. That yes, was my first That was baby. the focus. And, and, and you studied, um, design, were, you, were your parents, um, entrepreneurs themselves or like what made you want to get into business? What was that drive? 
two things. So I've always grown up in a household where my parents ran their own businesses. We had small businesses for as long as I can remember. Um, You're Italian? I'm Italian. Yep. And so I'm going to, you know, fall into the generalisation here. We had delis. We had, um, <laughs> That's why I asked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I've always had that small business, you know, that and that working hard mentality and that environment, growing up in that environment. Uh, but then after living abroad and I always, I think as a designer you always have your side hustle, right? You always do your freelancing on the side and I had a small client base after living abroad and I thought I'll give that a go. You know, I arrived home during the GFC. There was less full-time work available. It was all contract or whatnot. So I just had a couple of little contracts with agencies but then it just started building I had my own client base that started building on that and then after six months I employed my first designer. Wow. So you had your full-time job but you started um, taking your own clients and and that's how it started. It just happened very naturally. Very organically, yeah. It's always nice to hear how those things start Mm. because a lot of people like I always think starting is the hardest part. A lot of people want to do it and they just don't start. And it's nice to hear like – I mean, it sounds so natural what you said. Oh, you know, I got clients and then I and then I got enough clients so I got a staff and then I left my job. It sounds natural. But really you were actively out there looking to gain clients, I'm Absolutely, sure. Absolutely. Very you know, it, It's a decision. It yep. wasn't – it didn't just happen. It was a decision. Mm. And, you know, like um, like starting a business is a decision that, that so many um, don't – a decision so many don't make – making decisions while you have a business and actually starting them and actioning them is the next kind of um, branch on that tree. You mean like you were saying, like, okay, I started my business. Okay. I had to, you know, employing your first person is a a big deal because you're like, shit, now I've got to pay someone. Yeah, you've got responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's a decision. It's a commitment. It's like, okay, okay, I've got to do it. Yeah. And then getting an office, you know, okay, shit, now I've got rent and they're going to make me lock in for three years and if I I don't do it, they're going to charge me for their losses. You know, it's like um, it's a big commitment. Okay, I've got to jump over that hurdle. It's just like this never-ending. It's true. This is never-ending tree of of commitment mm. that eventually you get so deep in you, you just can't get out anyway. You're like you got no option. Yeah. Back yourself and keep running with it really. How did you find that strength to back yourself? Um I think it was always eye on the prize, if I'm honest. There was probably no real structure or strategy. I was just this young woman, saw an opportunity and I ran with it. Um, with that being said, it was a roller coaster, like the highest of highs, the lowest of lows, like it was intense and, um, a lot's changed since then, but I just, you know, God, it was hard. It was a hard run. Out of curiosity, do you think a lot has changed or do you think that you got better at dealing with, with it? Both. Yeah. My mindset has changed dramatically. I'm a I'm a different person. Explain in what way? Because um, I can relate to that, and I'll, I'll share what I'm thinking. But I'd love to hear what you say. Yeah, I think I got to a point where um, I don't know how deep you want me to go. Yeah, but, um, real deep. Real deep. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got to a point where you know the business was successful, but I I feel like I was attracting the wrong client, and it was the mindset that I was in. I think it was always, um, I guess, there was an underlying lack mentality. 
in my day to day and a lot of fear, you know, you fear losing your clients, you fear not being able to pay rent or pay your staff, all of those sorts of things. And so that sort of eats at you and it is at the forefront of your decision making, you know, and I think people then, and clients will always push until you put up boundaries, right? And so I I didn't, I didn't have boundaries. So I was just doing anything and everything to keep them happy, but to my own detriment. So um, I got to a point where from a health perspective, it really knocked me around uh, and I had to take time out. I, I went into hospital for surgery um, and... Unrelated un- to unrelated. stressful clients. Uh, yeah, unrelated, mm-hmm. but I think it all just sort of was yeah, woven. Contributed. Yeah, so um, I had time out in hospital. It was actually during... Uh, I went in for surgery at the very beginning of the second round of COVID lockdown. And so I was completely isolated. My husband, my kids couldn't come and visit, nothing. I was so alone and I was in a lot of pain and whatever. Oh, my God, this is recent. Yeah, yeah. So um, I just had that time to think and I had that time to detach. And I think that's the biggest thing for me and unbeknownst to me at the time, uh, I needed that detachment to relinquish control and just change the way I viewed everything. It was like a, not a, I don't care what happens from this point onwards. It was just like, I'm not going to let you push me around or um, I'm not at your beck and call anymore. Like this is hurting me, which then in turn hurts your family. You know, I've got two little kids and whatnot. So um, just complete shift. And it, and it was it was a staggered approach. I didn't even know change was happening if I'm honest, like it was just this, these little shifts were happening daily and then here I am and I just feel like a different human being. It sounds like, like, yeah, you you really found your, I don't want to say strength because there was strength in, in wanting to do whatever to help others and, and, and to, you know, to, 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 treat your clients well, but, but I mean, I believe there's strength in longevity and survival yep. in, in terms of business. I mean, surviving in life is also yeah. good, but, <laughs> but in terms of business. And that only comes when you have an immense amount of respect for yourself and your time and your team. And I mean, I, that really connects to what you said prior, which was that clients will always push they're all, they're, 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 I mean, people in general, but because we're talking about business, clients will always push and take as much as they can. Yes. Yeah. Unless you have rules. Yep. And I can tell you, I mean, we love our members, mm. but business people are tough and they're strong mm. and they will push and they will take. And, and, and we as a team, or me particularly, have to work with the team in explaining that. You know, guys, it is fine to tell people that that is not how we do it and this is wrong because of this and we have this structure because of this because at the end of the day, our job is to do the best job for them and we are responsible for making decisions that ensure that they have the best experience possible. And if we've made that decision, trust me, we haven't made the decision because we think it's going to be worse for you. Yeah, exactly. We've made it because we think it's going to be best for you and having the strength to to stand up to clients. And and then when people – it's like a bully. Mm. Yeah, if a bully comes – gives a kid a jab on the schoolyard, the kid doesn't do anything back, he's going, oh, I'm going to go jab him again and take his lunch. You know, but if the kid just takes a big swing, now, even if you miss, he's like, oh, okay, I'm not going to fuck with that guy. Yeah. Like, it's a bit of a psycho. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you, you almost need that. You almost need that 
um, that strength of respect. It's like, no, we respect ourselves enough that if, if, you, if you poke us, we'll buy you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And seeing value in yourself. Yeah. I think that's key too. I think there's, you know, especially starting out, you you know you can do something and you know you're good at it, but I I feel, certainly for myself, I don't think I ever really respected the value that I provided as a, as a business owner, as a service provider, as Maria. Yes. You know. Yeah, valuing yourself. Yeah. That's that's what the word I was looking for before. Mm. That's a, a, a newfound value Absolutely. in your value yeah. as an owner, as a, as a, as a person, as, pers- as a, everything. As an everything, yeah. Yeah. That's that's really, really important. Mm. That's very, very special. And that, it just brings up so many um, like topics. For example, your – the link between your stress, I'm sure you, it, it sounds like you're going through an immense amount of stress and the link between stress, long-term stress and and your literal physical health mm. and how they intertwined. I'm, I'm sure you're right. I'm sure that they did contribute. And the only way you can, well, one of the ways I find that um, helped me with stress, uh, which I feel like I'm pretty good at doing, mm. is that I'll have like, uh, I take ownership over over things. So like, I'll look at everything like it's, you know, it's my responsibility. Not that I do it, but you know, I should have chosen the right person to do it. I should have made the person that trained to do it. And I feel like when, uh, and I've got good boundaries, like it's true. No one's going to ask me for things cause they know I'm going to give them a good answer unless they've got a very good reason. They're not going to ask me. Yep. They, they're not going to poke me. I'll rip their arm off. <laughs> um, and, and, and people learn, okay, yeah, yep. don't do that. But, but, and I think that's good to do as long as you're correct. You know, as long as you're really backing your decision and you're open to hearing people's thoughts and feedback. Yeah. But but oh, I forgot what I was going to say. But but in terms of stress, I find that um, uh, being doing what you think is correct, not what other people think is correct, yeah. helps because you're in power. Absolutely. You're in control. And if I'm if you're in control of me, then I, I'm scared because I don't know what's happening. But if I'm in control. Even if I screw, even if it goes wrong, well, yeah, at least I made it go wrong. <laughs> you know, it, it gives you, you almost yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if what I'm saying makes sense, but but I find that the only times I ever feel stress is when, and I hope this is relatable to people and even to you, but is when I feel like, okay, I'm not in control. I don't know what can happen here. For example, COVID. Um, okay, shit, what's going to happen? We can't bring people together, which is what we do for a living. Yeah. How are we going to do it? Um, and the, the, that's stressful. The way I got around that stress, which can be, and this system can apply to anything. The way I got around that was I created a COVID plan, more like a financial plan. It was kind of like a recession plan. Mm. It was kind of like, okay, well, if our business gets affected this much, this is what I do. If our business gets affected this much, this is what I do. And then all of a sudden I had taken ownership over what how the business was going to survive regardless of what happened because of external factors. Yep. And yeah, okay, did I want those things to happen? No, but I never was worried about like I was like I felt in control. I was like, well, yeah. well if 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 um, God moves his chess piece here, I shouldn't say God because he he's looking out for me, but, but you know, bad God, you know, the bad, the devil says, I don't even know why I'm using these religious terms. Do you know what I mean? Like if bad world says, um, ah, well, I'm going to do this. I say, ha, motherfucker, well, I'm going to do this because yep. I've already planned that and checkmate. Yep. And I felt like that gave me a lot of stress. And I feel like that's kind of what you're describing because you're saying, well, no, I put up boundaries. Mm. I had value in my thoughts and opinions and I put up walls, boundaries, rules. And if you want to work with us because we're great, 
this is how you work with us. Yep. And I imagine that would have been very empowering. It is, absolutely. And I think it, it is, it's taking that power back too in the sense that someone's engaging you because you're the expert in the industry. So if, if you've acknowledged that you need help, why are you trying to dictate everything? Like you clearly, respectfully, you need, you don't know that area. And as business owners, we're not going to know every area of business, right? Like you get an accountant or a CFO to manage the money. You have a bookkeeper to do whatever, you know, you've got all these different people. It's like, I wouldn't go away and write my own legal terms. So why would you go and try and but why would you? Own... Why would you hire me to build your house and then tell me how to build it? Yeah, exactly like, right. I, I'm a builder. I yeah. know how to build. Just yeah. give me the plans. You've got to trust the people that you're engaging. And if you don't trust them, then perhaps you haven't engaged the right service provider. Or perhaps you're a moron. Because, <laughs> because if you're trying to tell someone to do something that they're the expert in doing and you've come to them to do it, to help yeah. you do it, why are you talking? Yeah, exactly. You know, tell them what you need and, and let them explain to you how they're going to achieve that and what the plan is and, yes, have input and, and but, but, but but don't be trying to dictate. No, and I think that also comes down to, like you said, you you put up those boundaries or you, you happily push back and say, actually, that doesn't feel good for me or this is against the process that we've implemented, you know. But then also um, it's... I think, and look, I'm, I'm a bit of, like uh, I mentioned before, like I'm big on energy and those sorts of things and I think what you put out you get back and, you know, it may be that you're attracting the wrong people because you're in that vulnerable state, you know. So now I'm not in that vulnerable state and I'm attracting these amazing clients that value and respect what we do and they'll listen to our direction. Like we're not, obviously we want it to work for, for the client, you know, we don't want to lose them as a client. So... We're not going to give them a bum steer, you know, so. And that's what I was saying. It's like, well, we we want to get paid again, first of yeah. all, which means we <laughs> yeah. have to do a good job. So we're making these decisions because we think it's the best, yeah, it's the best decision yeah. that's based on our area of, um, um, based on our area of expertise. Yeah, exactly. And it kind of like, I mean, did you ever notice, obviously you're married now, but when you were younger and you had friends, or you have friends still, I'm sure. <laughs> no, I lost you're, them you're all. Your yeah, yeah. <laughs> young friends, you know, when someone's in a bad place in life, they get a shit boyfriend or girlfriend. Yep. It's just always the case. Yep. You know, when someone feels really confident, they value themselves, they end up with a really great partner. And when someone's in a really bad place, then I guess that's how, like, that's kind of what you're saying in terms yeah. of the energy. Your energy attracts certain things and, mm. and people can feel like that and they may be able to pray or like that's probably the wrong word, but bully or whatever it may yep. be the case. And and so I think energy, your energy is just so important and, and, and it's a delicate balance because how do you balance it? Um, you, you need to be confident and firm, but you also need to be flexible and understanding. You need to be strong, but you also need to not be intimidating. Yep. You can't. You need to be confident but not cocky. You know, it's a very fine line it you're walking. It is a fine line. It is. But I think if you're authentic and true to yourself, you master that. And that's the, that's the key. Yeah. And you know what's so funny? Everyone tells you that your whole life. You hear it on TV. You're like, just be yourself. Mm. And, it, 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 you know, people say, like old people say it because they figured it out. Yep. You know, it's just, it's true. You know, you, you be yourself and you attract people that, that yourself requires as well, yep. like and that, that assimilate to yourself and share the same values and ethics and Yeah, it's thoughts. very true. And that's I, – I feel like – I'm 40 now and I feel like I wish 
I knew what I've learnt in this past 18 months to or 12 to 18 months earlier. I mean, the reality is I, I believe I was meant to learn it when I did, but so I'm, I happily speak about that too. I've always been an open and honest entrepreneur where if, if shit's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. I'll just tell it how it is. Um, but I like to connect with even younger entrepreneurs and just like be, be honest, but also show them the value or the strength or the, um, you know, to, to be, to believe in yourself and, and wholeheartedly back yourself and have these boundaries. You don't, you might not have a perfect process, but if it's true to you and what you're offering, you know, it, it will evolve and things change and that's okay. But I think people respect you differently or they'll trust what you're providing and, and you will, you know, bring in the right clients or attract the right staff. Staff is another big one, you know, like but you'll have the right people around you because they share your vision, but it's because you can articulate it. You're being authentic. It's your story. They're connecting with you. Like it's you. You attract when you're being yourself and you're in a good place. You attract the right people. Absolutely. It's basically, that the, yep. the more story. And so when you got um, at a hospital mm. and you um, you kind of you stepped out. I can't. I think you called it detached. Mm often you're in the business. It's like being in the jungle. You can't see there's a lot of trees around. There's a lion over there. There's a, there's a tiger over there. A monkey might get me from above. I don't – I'm stuck in it and, and I'm always looking at immediate threats and I'm not looking at the jungle from above yep. and, and I'm not assessing the landscape and, and, and seeing what's going wrong, what, what, what's our tribe doing wrong. It, sometimes – I mean your case was pretty forced. <laughs> but sometimes life does that. It mm. forces you – you know, if, if, it might have been the it might have been the case that it, you were getting signs that you should have changed, that something needed to change. You weren't doing it, and then your body said, "Life said, hey, yep. now we're making you do it." Yep, and and that's a good thing. I'm so thankful for it. Yeah, it's a good thing because it happened. Um, but but it it also leads to. So my point is, everything happens for a reason. You know, and, and I really do believe that. And I think what makes the difference between strong people, I, should, I always got to be careful these days with all the shit I say on this thing. Yeah, <laughs> not strong people, not weak people. There's no weak people. Yeah, that's, that's what the psychologist said to me once. Her name's actually Lillian Neja. She's a member. She's very smart. I really love her. But she's like, you can't say that. I was like, all right. Um, anyway, winners. Well, <laughs> one thing I think winners do is when – when um, is when something happens that's bad or anything that happens, there's always an opportunity to turn it into a positive in some way. Yes. There always is. It's either a lesson that's going to serve me long term or there's an op- there's a way I can make this a positive somehow mm. or, you know, for every down there's an up. If someone leaves you a negative review, go get ten positive reviews and yeah. now you've got you know, your nine plus. Mm. So, so I, I just believe that's true and I, I believe that – it's your mindset that allows you to do that. You need to know, okay, you need to, like you said, back yourself. Mm-hmm. When something happens, I'm, uh, I, I know that this isn't the end of the world and, in fact, I can find what's good from here, whether it's a lesson or an action that's going to be a positive. Yep. And, and I think that's crucial. That, that's a lot of mindset, a lot of what you're talking about. Absolutely is. And, you know, you even made mention of COVID before and having plans in place, but I think it allowed people the opportunity to slow down or stop review, analyse, make changes, pivot, you know, like how can you diversify your business to make it sustainable to last that period of a slower 
um, income or whatever for survive, even just for survival. Like, what can you do to survive, and then focus on growth after that. But I loved, I actually loved COVID for that. Like, it allowed me to just stop and analyze, and it was because there's always that push to grow in business, right? But when there's no opportunity, how do you grow as a marketing agency in the middle of COVID when no one knows what the hell's Were going on? Were you a member on? of Cub then? No. You should have joined sooner. Yeah, you should have joined sooner. You wouldn't have had that problem. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> um, well, I'm here now, so yeah. um, please no more COVID though. I'm, yeah. I'm done. No, no, um, no. But yeah, I just, I think, I think that's also being an entrepreneur too. You know, I, I know we get a lot of shit for following the shiny ball and getting distracted with new opportunities and things. But I think we use that to our advantage because it allows us to pivot and make changes really swiftly and explore and, you know, it just, I still get excited, you know, 14 years down and I still get so excited by opportunities and different challenges and you do, you, as you grow, you handle them differently and I am, I and, you know, I, facing a couple of challenges at the moment. Not not bad stuff, but I'm just not phased. I don't care. Like I just think, yeah, cool, no worries. I'll, I'll sort that out and I'll, I'll work through it. Because I'm sure you know that there's always cha- – like it, that's what I'm saying. You, the, the longer you've been in business, the longer you've survived, the more confidence you have in, in overcoming challenges. Mm. And the reality is there's pretty much always some challenges. That, oh, for sure. You know, so you're just kind of like, okay, that's part of what I do. Mm. Um, and the acknowledgement of that is just very important. You shouldn't be thinking like I reckon a lot of people look at like LinkedIn, for example. You look on LinkedIn, everybody look. It's basically like look at me, I'm incredible. Look at my big office. It's not even mine. You know, I'm just posting. I might be in someone else's space, and I'm sharing the, the whole floor because it looks like mine. Yeah. You know, and and we got so many great clients. Here they are. You know, like it's it's a big show. It's a big like. I just feel like it's it's kind of like Instagram. You know, they always say people get young people get depressed on Instagram mm. because they oh why are these people having these amazing holidays and I can't take them. Yeah, LinkedIn kind of like all the businesses are like ah oh, we're amazing look at us, and really you know inside that's not the case. Yeah. but I'm sure some business owners, particularly newer businesses, perhaps not like mine or yours or, or many of the members, but but newer businesses. Um, would look and be like, oh, no, like I'm, I'm doing wrong because these people all look very fine. Oh, they've got great offices and they've got great things and you know, a lot of it's fake, first mm. of all, but 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 even if they did have that behind that, you know, there was a lot of pain along the way and there's a lot of pain current mm. because it doesn't matter how big you get, you know, as long as you're still trying, as long as you haven't achieved your ultimate ambition, you're still trying to move forwards and every growth phase is a different phase, and yeah. therefore you get a different set of problems. You get, if, if, if anything, it gets harder. Um, and and so I, I think what you just did, like acknowledging, even now that you had a hard time, but acknowledging before that it was a hard time. That's what businesses need to hear, particularly when they're going through hard times, mm. and especially at the start of the journey, so people can expect, okay, it's going to suck sometimes. Yeah, and I need to just I, move past that and know that it'll be all right. And I think that's our duty to some degree you know like why should it be all fluffy and rosy and I, I don't want to bullshit people I'm just, just not who I am um so I, I want it I want people to know the reality of it it's hard and you've got to understand that sometimes there is sleepless nights or long hours or you know and until you work to the point in the business where you can set 
some time aside for yourself or with your family or, you know, it's just that growth and evolution, I guess. But you've got to be prepared to roll up your sleeves and just get things done. It is what it is and you're either that person or you're not, you know, and and that's okay if you're not. Um, Not everyone has to be entrepreneurial or super driven. Uh, Thank God they're not. The world would be fucked. Well, we're absolutely right because we need employees that are willing to work and share your vision but they don't want to go and do it on their own. You know, and and even me as an owner, like people actually, someone just asked me, I get asked this a lot actually, um, are you afraid that they're going to, your staff will leave and do it themselves? One, no, because as much as I love my team, there are other people, let's be honest, um, and I don't fear that loss. I'm not attached to them. But also I just know they're not, at this point in their their life, they're happy to come to work. They've got security. They don't need to go and chase business. They don't need to build up their network. None of that. They're just happy to come in, know that they've got work to do, and then they go home and do their thing. And they have a good time. They've yep. got a purpose. They're, they're growing and learning. And, and absolutely. And, and under, my dad said to me once, I can't remember when, maybe when I was very young, but he he said that. Um, first of all, I want to make note: my favorite people in the world are business owners. Yes. But my uh, dad always said to me, he said no one's more important than the other because imagine, for example, someone needs to be the garbage man. Imagine if there's no garbage man. Yep. Garbage would be everywhere. It would be disgusting. You wouldn't want to live anywhere. It would suck, right? The garbage man pretty Absolutely. Well. Imagine if you had no nurses. Imagine if you had no teachers. Man. You know, there, there is a place for every single person in, yep. in this society. And and we as business owners, entrepreneurs, are, are, are just one of them. And while in my opinion – you know, we do a tremendous, we did the largest, the huge, the, the biggest amount, maybe aside from mothers, I'm going to go with mothers and I can't even say that anymore. Gonna, other than maybe parents. Yeah. Um, um, I, I think that because I think raising contributing citizens and, and good human beings into society is probably the most important. That's tricky. Um, it's very, that's challenging. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me. Oh my God. <laughs> my kids are sassy as shit. <laughs> They've learned from the best, obviously. Uh, but yeah, but you're right. It is challenging. And I think it's challenging for stay at home parents, whether they're working full time, running your own business, like having that layer, they're these little humans that need you. And sure, as they grow, they become more and more independent, but there's a level of that they need you to provide. Oh, absolutely. Do you find that that benefits you as a leader in business? How do you find the two relate motherhood and, and entrepreneurship? Um... I think it forces you to have that balance. It shows you there's something bigger than you and your business. There's something that actually, you know, their lives that rely on you. Does um, it give you more more purpose? Purpose, perspective. What do you mean by perspective? Just exactly that, like change re- the reality of your business isn't everything, you know. There's, there's other things that matter outside of your business because it is very easy to get wrapped up in your business. You can you can very – and not in a bad way but you can drown in your business in the sense that it consumes you, you mm. know. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, so well, – I mean I don't have to imagine. I'm pretty Oh, well, you'd, you'd be a yeah, And I've got no kids so I've got no perspective. <laughs> yeah. Imagine throwing in some little humans in there. Oh, yeah. um, and, and look, it's – like I said, it is challenging. I'm not going to sugarcoat that at all. Any parent would – would tell you that, but um, but I, it does. It allows me time out. It allows me to say, you know what, I'm not working on the weekend. My kids and my husband need me. We want to be together. We want to go out, lunch, whatever. Like 
forced distraction. It is. And it forces you to shut off because you need to be present. It's so easy to, if you don't have those other responsibilities outside of your business, it's so easy to, I'm going to quickly check my emails on a 10 o'clock on a Sunday. Like, what for? Mm. Who needs you on a Sunday when you're a B2B business? And it's interesting because when you've got kids, you've just got to watch them all the time. Mm. I might do something silly. And uh, it's actually impressive how dedicated they are to doing stupid shit kids, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, I watch my nephews. I'm like, how did you think that was a good idea, man? Yeah. Like, that is a bad idea. You should, <laughs> you should have known know. that. They don't but, know. But you got to watch them all the time. So it, it would, I imagine it would make you, you, you know, your brain is focused entirely on them and it, this is completely different. But like, for example, boxing and jujitsu for me, like when I do it or, motor, or motorbikes or riding bikes or whatever, anything like when I do them, I'm not thinking about work I'm trying not to get punched in the face or there's other <laughs> yeah. more immediate threats. Mm. And I, maybe parenthood is kind of like that. You know, yes, like. you will get hit in the face. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it does. It takes your focus away and it gives you your head time elsewhere. Gym, walking, like all of that is perfect for that because in that moment you're just focusing on yourself, either not getting hit, trying to lift weights a certain way, running, whatever the case is. Make sure is. your kid doesn't run into a door. Well, that just happens, yeah. let's just be honest. Um, but, yeah, it just takes your attention away and it gives you that headspace away from business. Work. But then Monday gives you your headspace back away from the kids. So, so it's a nice – so basically you've, you've got a great balance. And, and yep. you, being a mother and being an entrepreneur, you've actually found the complementary balance. I and feel that, like and, I have. And that, um, and that makes you stronger. Mm. Well, it allows that. me to, how can I give if my cup isn't full? I love that. You know, and so I'm all about filling my cup in whatever way, you know, that's different every week sort of thing. But, um, but yeah, I, I'm all about that because how can I give to my kids, my husband, my staff, my clients, if I haven't anything to give? And I've yeah. learned that the hard way. Yeah. yeah. But that, that is, that, 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 that's a great depiction of really a lot of the lessons that you've shared with me mm. and the listeners today. Um, if you, yeah, if, if you're depleted, you've got nothing to give. Absolutely. So make sure you're all good. Yeah. And tell me about branding because <laughs> I want to ask <laughs> tell you me about, about what you branding. actually do. Yeah, <laughs> tell me. But so you were 26 when you started the business. Is that correct? Was I? I did the maths myself but I could be wrong. I think I was not quite 26. I was 25. Yeah, you were younger. Mm. And so, so that's very, very young. And mm. – um, what was my question? Oh, so you you had graduated. Do you have a, des- a design degree or? Yeah, I did a uh, design diploma. I also did sales and marketing. So I actually started out in advertising. Okay. Working for what's now news. It was Cumberland Newspapers back then. Okay. And what made you switch? I was always a designer. I was always a creative. So drawing was my go-to. I studied um design and graphic design through school. As soon as I left, I I did graphic design. So I knew it was always going to be my future. So when I was a kid, um, you know, everyone says, what do you want to be when you grow up? And um, I wanted to be a computer technician or something. You and did. an artist. Yeah, oh my God, I'm not even that kind of, my brain doesn't even work that way. Um, and then I remember I would have been like nine or something and someone said, did you know you could do art on a computer? And I was like, shut up. That's the <laughs> coolest shit in the world. And so from that point on, I wanted to be a graphic designer. And so I did that. Like I, I became a graphic designer as soon as I, 
I, like I, my full-time gig was at Cumberland and selling newspaper ads. And then from there I got op- offered an opportunity at a little design studio and I was officially a designer. But I was doing freelance because, you know, that's what you do. You do everyone's bloody business cards and logos when you first start out. So Yeah, that is the... It's like your initiation into, into yeah. design, graphic design. My mum still has hers. She yeah. won't let me change it. I'm like, mum, please. Papyrus is well out. Please don't use that font anymore. But anyway. <laughs> but it is funny because that is a, a lot of graphic design stuff. And what is some of your philosophy when it comes to design? So when you look at designing brands or, or whatever else it may be, do you have a process that you follow or is there a way you like to think about things? or Pure design or strategy? Which one do you think is more interesting to talk about uh, for business? I think strategy. Yeah, I think because design, you know, it's in the eye of the beholder really. It's down to there's so many ways to execute. Yeah, let's do strategy. So strategy, I'm always big on future-proofing the brand, what it looks like, how we speak to the audience, um, exactly that. So, you know, brand journey sort of stuff, what's the – vision, mission, values, the tone of voice, how are we going to project this brand into the marketplace by both words and visual cues, you know, and I think that's really important to have that down pat. And when you say future-proof, what do you mean? You don't want to create something that's so contemporary or cutting edge for the now that in a year or two's time it's not relevant or it just looks so outdated. I think that's super important because there's a lot of – it takes a lot of time to build up a brand. You don't want to get it out there and have this uh, readily available brand by way of, you know, recall or whatnot and then you go and change the logo and then you're starting again, you know. I agree. I think keeping it long-term, like I think having some – like if you look at Cubs logo now, mm. so the first logo we ever had looked like very old traditional members club. Like mm. it looked wrong. It's not It's not the – the modern, innovative, collaborative <laughs> brand we are today. Yeah. But, but that logo was was already outdated in my opinion and it just became more and more outdated. Mm. If you look at the logo now, it's really, I mean, it's quite simple, but that thing's never going out of date. Yep. Yeah, that, it's almost classic. Mm. It's, um, and, and I think that's an interesting way to, to think about things. Um, and in, in the same way we're saying like survival of your business is the biggest priority and you know, even in times when you can't grow, mm. surviving is fine yep. because most businesses don't make 14 years. Mm. Most businesses don't make five years yep. and definitely most don't make 10. Yeah. So uh, the longer you survive, the higher your odds of success actually mm. um, become. And, and, and you should probably think that way in terms of your, your logo and, 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 and concepts and things like that too, because you know, if it's something that's that's kind of um, the only word I have is classic. Mm. Is like well, it's timeless. There we go. Timeless. There's a word. There you are. Um, a timeless logo mm. is going to be is going to be just far more self serving. I think so. So you like to use a lot of timeless, or yeah, is that how you describe it, or things that will last a long time. Things that would last. Yeah, timeless is probably a good angle. Um, but then, how does that flow over to your website? by way, again, by way of wording or visual, like how, how do you move that brand? Because it's not just the logo, right? That's the identity, but then it becomes a brand and then that transfers over to all this other collateral, your digital real estate, everything, you know? So 
I think that's super important is understanding what's the usage of this going to be. Where is it going to be? So, you know, you can make things look so beautiful. I remember years and years ago, um, now this is going just pure design, like people would want a Photoshop um, design logo and there'd be like photos and all these gradients and things in it and you go, well, how are you going to put that on a T-shirt? Like where, who's going to embroider that? You know, like it's those sorts of things and I know we don't really do that much now and it is mostly digital but where are we using it? How small does it need to be? You know, all of those sorts of things. Mm, yeah, there's a lot. And do you enjoy working with other creatives or what's your like, do you just like, for example, my favourite thing to do, me and Laura sit together and we do a lot of design stuff, whether we're designing apps, websites, logos. I don't know, we, we're pretty pro-design at Cup because mm. I feel like I'm more of a creative than I am a yep. business person. Are you like that or, or do I was. you? Yeah, now you've changed. <laughs> no, I'm not a designer anymore. I designed my kids' birthday invitations. Um, that's about the extent. So, no, I'll, I'll creative direct. Mind you, we have a kick-ass designer. His name's Kyle. He is phenomenal. I love him. Um, and I have true, like, absolute honesty right now, until he came into the business, I could never step back and let someone design because there was always this attention to detail. These It just wasn't creative enough you know and I was always strong in that in that area and then he came along I haven't designed anything since because I've got that support you know and that, and trust. It's, and that trust absolutely and I think it's very hard bring it back to business it's very hard as a business owner to let go of your craft the reason why you started right so you know you can let go of the financial stuff because it's not your strength or you can let go of the legal stuff because it's not your strength but when you let go of the true what reason you why was you your started, value. yeah, that's it, right? And um, but it allowed me to then do more um, business focused stuff. Yeah, like I'm very good at strategy and conversations. Like if you give me an idea, just give me a few seconds, let it permeate in my brain, and then I'll just like run with it. And I become so excited to the point where I think sometimes I can be a little bit overwhelming because I just get genuinely excited by an idea and I'll just sort of run with it. Yeah. I imagine I relate to it. And like, but what you just got also like delegation, particularly when delegation is, some, is something that you were typically strong at. Mm. Now, it, did you, so did Kyle come out of curiosity? Did Kyle come after um, your, um, we'll call it a health epiphany? Before. It was well, before. before. Okay, so but that's interesting. So it means you found him um, um, before you were feeling hundred mm. percent, which is, I guess, promising for for people who aren't feeling hundred percent. Yeah, I think I was still in that. To, actually, I employed him. Um, I think it was during COVID or just out of COVID, the first time, the first round, um, and he was a really good find. And maybe you know that was the universe sending me a little saving grace for that moment. You know. Um, so, you know, there's different like things. That, yeah, it? it does. It does. And I don't think the universe ever wants bad for you. Like you were saying before, you know, it's not like a good and evil kind of situation. It's just where you are in that moment and what you sort of, I think it's also what you focus on. Like if you're feeling like shit or you're feeling miserable, you only look at the miserable stuff. You never notice the sun shining or you've got this cool stuff happening around you. You're just focusing on the bad. Whereas when you're in a good headspace, 
you don't care about the bad because you're just like, wow, look at this, this is happening and, oh, how lucky am I? And and so, you know, it, that so just true. penetrates, right? Yeah, your mindset is just like it's really everything. Mm. It's really what separates people. Mm. Like, I mean, some people are incredibly smart, some people are smarter than others, but but mindset and I also think work ethic, like mindset and work ethic are the two Yep. If, you, if you've if got good work ethic but your mindset's not right, you're going to burn yourself to the ground and, mm. and, and whatever. If you've got um, a great mindset and no work ethic, well, you're a hippie. You're not going to do anything <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I thought about that quickly. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, but I really think you need those too. Yep. Um, and, and, and the mindset is just – I really believe – that's what I was saying before. I really believe what separates the winners from the non is it's just the mindset. Mm. So there's a lot of people who want to work really hard, want to do really well, but they're just not looking at things correctly. Yep, agreed. And people fall into that slump where it's like – it's like – you know where it's the worst and I hate seeing it? And, and unfortunately you see not like a lot of different groups and, and things like that, but when you see um, – when when groups are complaining, so it's like, oh, you know, we couldn't do this because of this reasons. These mm. were the reasons that this wasn't that we weren't able to achieve these things. This mm. is what's wrong. And yeah, there probably was an element of some of those things, and that's probably true. Yeah. But but there were also people just like you who did very well despite those things. Yeah. And there were people that had worse, that were worse positions that did very well. Yeah. Despite worse things, and you know, I really think the difference was, and I mean, I know the difference because I speak to. I'm speaking. I've spoken. This what I, I basically meet people like you for a living. Yeah. So make friends for a living. But, but you can see the ones who do well. They never say the the things that were holding them down or the mm. negatives ever. They never even say it. Yep. So they're not. They're obviously not thinking about it. They they're thinking about the positives. They're yep. thinking about the strengths. They're thinking about what makes me special because I'm this person. Mm. And you move on from those things pretty quickly. Yeah. 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 And you just need it's mindset. Absolutely. Like it, this, the, the world's not an even place, you know. Like I know everyone wants the like oh equality of everything, blah blah blah. But it's just not an even place. No, no I'm not even. I'm not equal to my brother. Yeah, and we have the same parents, the same upbringing, and blah blah. blah. Not even we can be equal. Yeah. So no one can be, which means you need to. That, you know, different characters, different life experiences, different situations. There's just so much. Oh, so many variables. Yeah, that yeah. it's it's. The one thing that you can have is the good is the correct mindset, mm. and and that's going to get that, that that gets anyone. It doesn't matter. There's people that literally were born in the slum of fucking some Brazilian favela or something like yeah. that, yeah, and or you know come from Africa and go to the US and become these huge successes, mm. and you know like think about where these people came from and what they achieved. Like there's. They, What's that old saying? Like, there's always someone that has it worse than you. Yes. You know, you shouldn't be thinking, oh, you know, I'm, so, I'm so upset. Mm. You should be thinking, wow, I'm lucky. There's people that had worse than me and they, they, they're doing so well. Mm. I, I, I want to be like them. Yeah. So that's gratitude too. Gratitude's huge. Massive. It's, you know, being thankful for what you do have. I think human nature, we often focus on what we don't have. But it's acknowledging what you do have and all the goodness, you know, and then I don't want to sound ultimate too fluffy but but that's really what I believe you know we've just got so much goodness around us and did you learn for that did you learn about focus during your period when you were sick and did you realize okay I'm focusing on the wrong things or how did that epiphany come this is so random 
Oh my gosh. And now that I'm voicing it, it's making me feel very funny. But um, would you believe TikTok? What do you mean believe TikTok? I started seeing random videos on TikTok and Are you gratitude you... and because I had all the time in the world in hospital, right? Couldn't eat or couldn't do anything and I'm watching cooking shows. I'm like, I've got to stop doing that. Um, so I was just on TikTok a lot and I just started – it was very different content. Like it's it's almost like night and day. It was, and even in my memory, it was like I was in hospital and the content that I was getting on TikTok was not the content I was getting before I was in hospital. It probably didn't work out that way, but that's my memory and how I've, that's yeah, yeah. me differentiating the, the time, right? But yeah, I just started seeing all these videos on, yeah, gratitude, manifesting, um, a lot of spiritual stuff started popping up and wow, it was just bizarre. And then that was game changer. And it wasn't overnight. I just suddenly became who I am now. It was a process and a journey and so on. Um, I guess it kind of started as like, as an awareness mm. watching the videos and then like an acknowledgement yep. and then a journey of improvement. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it was self-development. Whichever way so it came. TikTok made you. TikTok made me. <laughs> and now, yeah, I barely get the dancing videos and the cooking videos. And all this other stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. That's such an interesting story. Yeah. Um, it's well, weird when I voice it. No, but I it's so cool. I'm it, so happy yeah. you said that. Oh, good. Um, but uh, we do have to wrap up. Normally yeah, sure. we like to finish with like um, a greatest lesson, although you've given us a lot. Yeah. So, um, you know, maybe would you – do you, do you read? Do you like uh, books uh, not, or do you like not podcasts? Not a huge or? reader, but there is a standout book for me. I've got a few. I do audio books. Um, Atomic Habits by James Clear. I think that's – What's that about? It's about changing the little one percenters but also just creating small habits so not going into something thinking like, you know, you start a diet and you want to eat clean seven days a week and you want to go to the gym five days and do all of that. It's about changing those little habits – Put on your walking shoes day one. Do that for a week. All right, next week go for a 10-minute walk and and grow on these new habits, just, just changing your um your routine. It's almost like changing your focus. Yep. Which fits in line with this conversation. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. All right, thank you so much. Thank that you. was incredible. Um, to our amazing listeners who are obviously a bunch of geniuses for listening to this podcast. Uh, if you want to find out more about Maria, you can go to cub.club forward slash podcast and find more there. Get in contact with her. She's absolutely awesome. I love hanging out and talking to her. Uh, if you want to catch up with Cub uh, on social media, it's at Club United Business on Instagram. That's equally as awesome. Maria, thank you so much again for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you. <laughs>